Hi, welcome to On The Daily Season 2, a podcast focusing on authentic and acoustic entrepreneurship. My name is Danielle McCleary. I am your host. Y'all, I just left a nine-year fitness career to pursue full-time entrepreneurship, so I am in the trenches with you, but I got big dreams of being a millionaire and helping other people to become millionaires as well. So together, we're going from stuck to unstoppable, and I'm so excited that you're here for this ride. Let's freaking go. Hello, hello, hello out there, everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to season two. Today is a great day because we are interviewing Dr. Alexandra Stockwell, who is such a powerhouse. This woman is the intimacy doctor. She literally coaches couples all over the world to be their fierce, badass selves and to have great sex. And like her story is amazing. She is a physician by trade and you're going to hear all of her story, but basically she was a physician. She wasn't fulfilled. She decided to go out on her own and do her own thing. And now she is this intimacy doctor who works with hundreds of couples. She has a book, she has a podcast, she has all of these credentials and all of this experience. And she's also just like a really amazing human to talk to. Breezy uh, was on this interview with me. I brought her in and she basically gave us a session and it was amazing. And I just realized, I think I realized that like entrepreneurship and like true authentic entrepreneurship is really so it, it matters like how your relationship is and it affects how your relationship is. And it's something that I think a lot of people struggle with is, you know, and I was one of these people too, that would say, oh, well, you know, I'm building my business right now. So like, I can't give all, you know, all of this to my partner or it's like, we feel like we have to put ourselves in like compartmentalized boxes. And really what we learned in this interview is that you really don't have to, and you can just truly be who you are and you can grow multiple successful areas of your life, including uh, what happens in the bedroom and with your partner. So this episode is spicy and you're going to like it. If you are welcome, coming to this podcast for the first time, welcome to the show. Welcome to On The Daily. We learned a lot in the first season. We told a lot of really beautiful stories. And season two, we are back with a little bit more of a clearer vision, a little bit more of a focused niche in terms of what we're, gonna, what, what we're going to uh, lead with. And that is authentic entrepreneurship and becoming the best version of us through the businesses that we build. And that's kind of the season in my life I'm in now. I am... I recently left a nine-year fitness career to step into full-time entrepreneurship, uh, working for myself only. And it's scary and it's amazing and it's freeing and it's liberating and I'm learning a lot and I want to take you on the journey with me because I know there's so many people out there who are going through the same thing. So welcome to the show. If you haven't yet, go over to Apple Podcasts, hit the subscribe button, give us a review, give us a rating. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram. I am Danielle underscore on the daily. You can follow the podcast at on the daily pod. Um, I have a website coming soon. Stay tuned for that. Let's do it. Let's do this episode. On the Daily Family, I'm so excited. Welcome Dr. Alexandra Stockwell to On the Daily. I'm so happy you're here. How are you? I'm very well. I'm thrilled to be here. I love your vibe and I'm happy to dance in it. Oh my gosh. I That was the first thing I thought. I was like, okay, blue with like fancy earrings when she jumped on today. So this is going to be amazing. I was, so for everybody listening, I was reached out to by um, her team and they were like, she, Alex, Alexandra is going to be an incredible guest for you. Here's why. And you are an MD you are known as the love doctor, right? Or the intimacy doctor. The intimacy doctor. There's plenty of love in there, but it's the intimacy doctor. Yeah. And you have done so much. And I would just love for you to tell like a little bit of your story. Like, what does that mean? How did that come to be? You're obviously like an entrepreneur in your own right. You work for yourself. Like how did, how did the intimacy doctor come to life? How did, how was she born? Okay. Well, I'm 53 now, and I am a very different person to have a conversation with than I was in my early 20s and 30s, we'll say, because I went to college. I then worked in a hospital for a year. I went to medical school. I did my residency training. I had my practice. And all of those things were really fabulous, but extremely focused. I, like any other doctor, perfected the art of 
the ends justifying the means. I was very focused and I found myself in my mid thirties, having paid off my medical school loans. I was already married to the love of my life. We've now been married for 25 years. At Amazing. that point, we had three of our four children and I had worked so hard, so focused to get to this point. And I think all along unconsciously, I assumed that when I got there, I'd feel gratified. Like I've, I've put in, you know, 15 years of my life to get here. Now I'm going to enjoy it for another four decades. I knew life would bring various challenges and so forth, but I, I, felt like fundamentally, and I think not that everyone becomes a physician, but we all understand this. It's like someone who thinks when I lose five, 10, 50 pounds, then I'll be happy. Or when I make six figures or seven figures, then I'll be happy. There's this notion in our culture that when we get to whatever our goal is, it's going to be fabulous. And while I really loved practicing medicine and I loved everything about my life inside, I didn't have that feeling of, oh, it was all worth it. It's all so good. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel that way at all. Did you not feel that way the whole time? Or did that like, did that like, was it one of those moments you woke up one day and were like, I am not fulfilled? It was the latter, but it wasn't that sudden it was more like a creeping whisper and Mm. now there's this very widespread phenomenon of physician burnout so I've been asked was I burnt out no I listened to the I listened to this at the level of a whisper before it became anything more intense and there was one more thing which happened which is that I organized my daughter's ninth birthday and my daughter at the age of nine was this joyful radiant happy, feminine, fun, solid person. And on her birthday, I simultaneously was so happy and internally just freaked out because I saw that there's a way in which I had disconnected from my own joy as far back as when I was nine, when my parents got divorced, but that wasn't the only variable. And even though I wasn't depressed, I just wasn't connected with a kind of a radiance that she totally was. And I was very clear another nine years living at home with me until she left at 18. I needed to get on top of this for myself or she would dial down how she was because if I was modeling something else, that's just too much to compete with. Yeah. Wow. All these things converged and mostly I did not have clarity. I just had courage. And so what I did was I arranged for a sabbatical and then I just never went back to practicing clinical medicine. And I gave myself permission to do things because I felt like it, not because it was going to cultivate any aspect of my soul or intellect or body, just because I felt like it. And from there, one thing led to another, and I wanted to be having much more glorious sex with my husband. Oh, yes, girl. Yes, you did. (laughs) And that's the perfect time for you to join. Um, This is Breezy. Uh, This is my fiance. She's going to be on here with us today. Um, Hi, honey. (laughs) Hello, hello. I want to ask you things so I know who I'm speaking with, but I'll just finish my other sentence, which is that it was really in the process of wanting to have much better experiences myself. I wasn't having bad sex, but I wasn't having sex that like the poets write about where afterwards it's like, oh, I feel so connected with myself, my partner in the universe and whatever it would be. And so I dove very deep into an in-depth training in sensuality and sexuality that happened to also be a coach training. But at the time, I didn't even know what a coach was. I did it for myself, but then went on and became a coach as well. So how long have the two of you been engaged? We will be engaged three years next month. Yeah. Three years next month or no, two, two years, 2019. 2021, two years, two years. Yeah. Next month. I don't know. Time, 
time has yes, stopped with moving. the pandemic. It's not a fair question. Like what is time anymore? I don't even know. Yeah. It's been, it'll be two years, December 23rd. Third. Okay. Well, what I hear then is that you're very comfortable in your engagement. That's, that's what I conclude from how you answered the time part. It's not new. <laughs> No. It's not new. It's not new. It's, not new. <laughs> um, it's it's very comfortable and very. Um, I don't even know. Our engagement is just like, yeah, we're engaged. Like, it's so funny because people will ask us all the time, like, "Hey, is it because?" You, so sorry, you probably had your wedding canceled because of COVID, huh? And we were both like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." That's that's totally what happened. When really, like, we just haven't planned. I think. I don't know, maybe you have a different uh, idea of this, but for me, it's like, we've been focused so hard on our careers and like building the life we want that, and I've been married before personally. So that probably has something to do with it on a personal level. But I mean, it was more like, what do we need a piece of paper for? Like we're building our, we're building our life right now. We don't need to like take time to do that when we, that's for me, that's what it was. I don't know if you have a different. No, it's definitely part of that. And it's also, we, we can't make a decision on where we want to get married, when we want to get married. We're like, um, we're like, oh my gosh, we love Bali destination wedding. We're going to Bali. And then we're like, oh, we love Austin. Oh, we love Palm Springs. What about a Mexico wedding? And so we can't make a decision on anything. What if you not necessarily with all your family and friends, but what if you had some kind of a commitment or wedding ceremony in each of those locations? I haven't thought of that. I like that idea. I think that'd be awesome. I would love that. Like I, I would love to just go and do little things and everywhere. I mean, I had, and this is something that like her and I go back and forth on because I had a very big wedding. I got married when I was two days after my 20th birthday to my high school sweetheart. And it was this giant wedding in Southern California on the beach. And after that experience, I go, we don't, like, I guarantee we don't want that. Like I know you and like from experience, we don't want that. But then I find myself having to stop and be like, well, you can't tell her what she wants and what she doesn't. And so we, what does she want? What do you want, honey? You want a big old, big old wedding? Right. Uh, For those of us listening, when I said she, I wasn't asking Danielle. Um, I am very indecisive and I have trouble articulating exactly what it is I want. So I want this beautiful destination wedding with very intimate, but then I also want to have all of my family there, but then I don't want to have to think about, you know, flying to a destination, but then I also think it would be a once in a lifetime opportunity. So I can't make a decision on which option I really want, which is part of what is holding us back because I'm you know, dragging my heels. Cause all of it sounds amazing. I think all of it would be great experiences, but I don't know exactly which one I see. Cause I've never, I've never been one of those people who pictures their wedding being a certain way or had visions of like, Oh, I want this, or I'm going to look like this. I really, I never had visions like that. I never, not that I, I thought I for sure wasn't getting married or anything. It's just like, I just didn't have that stuff. So now that it's here now that it's real, and I've been to so many weddings that are very similar. We're great wedding and, attender. attender. Yeah. <laughs> We're great at that. Great. And my, like, you know, my, both my siblings got married and I helped with, you know, all of that. And I was very involved and just like, oh, now that it's my turn, I'm like, like paralyzed by, I don't know what I want. I want all the things. And then I don't. Yeah. Well, I know we're having a conversation, but are you good with my coaching you? Love it. Always take coaching. Okay. And just to be clear, like, I don't want to do that without asking someone's permission. I think in general, that is not a value in the coaching industry. And this conversation serves you much more if you opt into having that kind of conversation. So just to clarify, so I appreciate that. That's, okay. that's how both of us are in life. Like we, we both will always ask people like, do you mind if I give you some feedback? Like Breezy loves the feedback conversation. She loves to give feedback, but we've both learned over time. Like, do you, can I give you some, can I, is that okay? Cause well, you have to be open to receiving or right. going to be. Right. So I appreciate that ask. Yeah. Um, and, and when the, engage, it feels more collaborative too, as it should be in any feedback or coaching context. Okay. So my suggestion for you to consider breezy is rather than focusing on what you want in terms of logistics, 
meaning traveling, who's there, all those things, to focus on what you want to feel the day the two of you marry. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing that you don't feel so ambivalent about that. Is that right? Or undecided? Yeah, no, I, I I do have some some feelings I know, or like some some like what I want to experience out of that. I do, I do know that, and I do operate more so with feelings and emotions. So that would be a good route to take it to kind of figure out what I want. Because um, I do, I think I get overwhelmed by the logistics of everything, or having it look a certain way on paper, as opposed to just remembering that it's how you feel that day, as opposed to all the other minute details. Yeah. And there are a lot of feelings that you can absolutely experience the two of you in a variety of circumstances and locations. And then some would just be eliminated because they don't match with that feeling. Yeah. But I think that there's a way in which in all of life, we, we get caught up in details which are very, very important. I'm not, I'm not a woo person who like details and logistics and like when you get married and where, like that really does matter. And when we keep our focus on how things feel and the connection, then a lot of those other things are like in the right orientation to serve the experience rather than dominating it. There's no way to be a bridezilla focused on how it actually feels. Not that I think either one of you would be that. I'm just saying. It would be quite the plot twist if I was a bridezilla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I couldn't, I'm not a bridezilla. I wouldn't be a bridezilla because I'm too, I don't, there's, I don't get emotional with things. Like I'm the one who's like, well, this is what's happening. And so let's all just figure out how to do that. <laughs> not worry so much about the emotion of it. <laughs> She actually had one idea that if we go to Bali or Mexico or somewhere and we're there for a week, she said, let's not even pick a day. Let's just wake up in the morning and say, oh, let's get married today. And I'm like, oh, no, we got to plan more than that. <laughs> that's that's too just not caring about the details. OK, so if you went to Mexico and didn't pick the date in advance, what specifically would be uncomfortable about that. And these good questions. Nothing for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I got that. <laughs> oh man, I guess my anxiety would just be in the fact that I just I feel like I have to prepare for everything. Like I feel the need to to yeah, prepare and like feel like I'm getting ready for a specific date when in reality all that does is add more anxiety to my experiences. So well, maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. I think it like I'm not advocating not choosing a yeah. date. I can see how that would be complicated. But mostly what I'm hearing just overall in terms of your engagement and its relationship to your wedding is there there really is an art to anticipating well. And I actually earlier was just thinking about sex because so often, at least one person in a couple is focused on, and often both, is focused on getting to orgasm, getting to climax, getting to the glorious moment. And on the way, so much is missed. And the quality of that orgasm is diminished if you don't like enjoy the gentler moments and the intensity, like the ebbs and the flows and everything that happens before that. And so at first I was thinking, oh, you're having this engagement, which is like delicious and you're enjoying the anticipation. But then I got that actually, while there's some of that, that's not the whole flavor, but I just think there, there's a way that we can move towards something that can feel the anticipation, the yearning itself can feel good. Mm -hmm. It's so interesting that you say that because I like, I was just thinking about like our sex and sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, um, <laughs> I was just thinking about that when, when you were talking about that, I was like, Oh, that's me. I'm the, I, like, not all the time, but I'm definitely like the doer. And I'm like, in like my life, I mean, when, when something, when I, when I set my, I am a ready 
fire aim type of person. If I have an idea, it's already done in my head and I will be, I'm which just like, is the makings of an outstanding entrepreneur. Right. Like this, right. Like on, like entrepreneurially speaking, I am set. Like I have it down, but then sometimes I'm thinking about like our sex life and I'm like, I can be like that in the bedroom too. And she's like, she'll be like, you got to slow down. I'm like, no, we got a mission. We have to finish. (laughs) And the orgasms are always great. Like, that's the thing about us is we have great sex. But like, I, when you said that, I was like, oh, I do that. Hoping it's done sometimes. I do that. Oh, it's late. We gotta hurry. We gotta- I'm like, I gotta get up in the morning. Like, I'm just. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> but you're comfortable waiting to set the date, isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing, isn't it? Like, I think when you're like you, you talked about this in your one page or like, hi, like when you're highly successful and you have that like highly successful mindset, like you have to have moments where you, you give up control. And like, there are areas where, which are sometimes shocking, I think to a lot of people and to her where she'll say, well, what about this? I'm like, I don't care. Like, that's, that's not like, we're in the process of, we're in the process of building a home. And she was on like working on set the day that I like picked the structural things. And it was probably for the best because her brain is, I don't, this is a lot of options. I have no idea where my brain is like, I like that one. Doesn't really matter what else there is because that's going to look great. Call it a day. But then when we get to like design elements, I'll be like, whatever you want. (laughs) You know, know, there's something that I often advise couples when they're having difficulty reconciling different perspectives and there's conflict that results, but you don't need to have conflict to get benefit from the exercise. And so I want to offer it to the two of you that in a particular circumstance that you could choose, you know, or you could say for the next hour or for the next day, or for this decision, you choose the container for it. You swap ways of being. So you're listening to this podcast right now and you're out there. I want you to like, go find your partner, whoever that is, and bring them into this conversation and do this with us. Cause we are not going to do this alone. Everybody. Okay. And you might do it now and you might do it like outside of the show, but you can listen like for you breezy to be the one who just like try it on like a Halloween costume or role play. Like, what would it be like if you get to the restaurant and you, and you order for both of you and you know, you just like, (laughs) you're just clear that this is how it's going to go down. And Danielle would fall out of her chair. (laughs) (laughs) But you then are like a little more receptive. What would traditionally be called feminine? Although I really don't like those ways of talking, but I'm just saying it for the sake of clarity, like the more receptive and like, less focused, but more in your peripheral vision. And maybe you change your mind. You're like, you know, I think I want to have Earl Grey and not chamomile. Well, will you bring me both? Cause I'm not sure which one I actually want to drink. And then I can decide when they're here. Like this, what would be the purpose in doing that, that you can imagine? Perspective. Yeah. And I don't know, just flipping our roles would, it would be in a way like new or exciting, but -hmm. at the same time being uncomfortable and working on some of the things we're not great at, we'll just make it. It's not that we're not great at them. They're just, I'm terrible at making decisions. I cannot make a decision on where we eat or what to eat. That's true. My life. That's true. (laughs) Okay. Well, usually I just don't care. I'm like, I literally will be fine with anything. I was going to say know, that I actually will. I actually can. I feel like I can actually go in and out of like making decisions and not easier than you can. No, you don't think so. When is the time you haven't, you would just have let it go. Cause you'll say that you'll say, Oh, I don't care what we have for dinner. I'm like, okay, great. I'm cooking pasta. Mm, no, I don't want that. Okay. I'll make Asian food. <laughs> oh. No, that sounds terrible. 
And then you always end up. Maybe I was just thinking, no, maybe I was just thinking more like I was going back to sex. Like maybe, cause like in the bedroom, we swap roles a lot. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like something that actually we talk about with our friends quite often too, is, you know, there's like that masculine feminine energy. And it's funny because people will always assume that breezy is the more masculine energy because of how she like physically presents and that I'm the more feminine because of how I physically present. But actually in, in most of our life, like I present more masculine and she presents more feminine, but in the bedroom, right. I mean, we go back and forth a lot. Like we, we flip-flop like really, really well. And I just want to say in heteronormative couples, people make the same wrong assumptions. There are so, I mean, in fact, probably more of the couples that I coach because they're ambitious people who want growth and evolution in their relationship, as well as in the rest of their lives. It's the woman who fits more of the check boxes of what people think of as masculine because she knows what she wants, she, you know, and, and he's just kind of retreated. And so I, I get how that would be assumptions that people would make about the two of you. And I just want to say that's like a universal phenomenon. It's one of the reasons that I tend not to use the words feminine and masculine because I just think they're not helpful often. There are different energies, but they're really not helpful um, categorizations. But anyway, one of the beautiful things about sex is when you're really open and present and in a relationship where you can be vulnerable, or maybe you're not, maybe it's a one night stand, you create this for yourself. But in the context of long-term relationships, there needs to be a certain amount of safety and being vulnerable. You get to try on many more flavors. It's like part of the playfulness and part of why um, like sex is such a beautiful access for self-expression and connection. And I think life is a lot juicier when we have a broader spectrum of how we engage with our partner and other people in our lives rather than feeling more on one or two channels. And I I think- One of the reasons that I suggested this swap outside the bedroom for the two of you is that when we're different from our partner in how we see things and how we experience them, it's like in how things come into us and how things go out of us, that can create disconnection, mostly because one of the feelings of connection is being able to share ourselves. And if the other person is so different in how they move through life, it can contribute to a sense of disconnection that can just dissolve with this kind of a swap. Because even though, of course, you want to be your native authentic self, the point is not that the two of you become more like one another. That's not at all the purpose. But there's a connection and an understanding when you walk in the other person's shoes or look through the other person's glasses, whatever kind of cheesy metaphor you want to use, but like where you get to know what it's like to move through the world in that way, it creates deeper connection because you have more understanding of both the beauty and the challenges of the other person's way of being. Do you think that that I was, it just made me think like, do you think that this exercise is beneficial? Cause we both were both like full-time entrepreneurs. Like we both don't like work for anyone. We both have like our own thing. And I mean, you can totally speak to your experience, but I find that when you're, as you say this, like what comes to mind for me is I am, I just left a career, which was like my safety net, you know, the thing that was constant. And I've, I've recently gone and my brain is always okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? And as you're saying like the swap, I'm like, actually I could probably really benefit from sitting back a little bit and going, what's all in front of me? Like how many flavors do I have? Like maybe take a second to ponder and maybe for her, like, well, I think because I sometimes live too much in what I call the gray, like Mm -hmm. I don't make decisions because I don't want to regret the decision or I have fear of, of, you know, all different, all different things. Yeah. I'm, and so I won't make the decision. It won't be black or white. She's very black or white. And so I just like live in the gray and wait for things to kind of happen and then figure out my path. And so I do see a lot of value in a understanding and connecting on a level. If I were to try on like, and I like the, I, what came up for me was like almost calling it something, you know, like calling it mm-hmm. like 
to do the exercise to make it more tangible. But like, you right. know, like you could like role call that or whatever. personality. Like, you could call it Danielle, but it might be more powerful to like call it um, Jackie. Yeah. Yeah. If I like try on Jackie for a little bit and I'm like, cool, I'm Jackie today or for a little while. So that makes it more real, um, quote unquote real. And to just like make decisions and stick to them and just trust my gut because it's like, I definitely have that inside of me, but when you don't flex that muscle or, or, or act that way often, you do kind of lose a part of it. And so I like that it, it makes like you use the word colorful in like, if you're more colorful in the bedroom or, you know, you're, you're trying different things on the bedroom or even out of the bedroom, then it just makes you more colorful and, and accepting and understanding of other people and of the way that others live. Um, so I think it goes along with like, we use the term empathy a lot, having empathy for others journeys or, or how they are, you know, what they're innately doing, because sometimes I don't understand her. I'm like, you just made that decision. Like that is here and you have no idea all of these steps and like also enjoy all of these steps. Cause like that part's really fun. Don't skip it. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, I think sometimes like the way at which I move it, comes off as like bombarding, you know? So we actually had a conversation, um, last week. Wow. We're like matching in our shirts also, right now. I just realized I'm wearing my fiance sweatshirt. <laughs> That's very apropos. That's her title. Um, but we, I, I, we, we kind of had this discussion a few days ago because like the day that I left my job, I already had ideas of like what I was going to do next. I'm like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. And you said something, I don't even remember if you, if you remember saying it, but you, she said, she goes, you're kind of like, you kind of just bulldoze. Was that the word you use? Like I, I, I bulldoze things. And I, I think sometimes the energy you give off is that I like, I steamroll through life, steamroll, like I steamroll through life. And like, it comes off as me not giving space for others to do what they're doing when really that's not my intention at all. It's more just, that's who I am. Like I, I go a hundred percent into things and I master them before I walk away where I think you said you're more of like, you know, Brizzy's more of the person who she dabbles in a lot of things, but you have a stronger intuition than I do most of the time. Yeah. I think too, I was just trying to see if you could be in the grief too, of leaving a job that you had left for nine years or had been at for nine years. Cause like, if you sometimes steamroll through it, then you're not actually like experiencing the bad as well as the good. And then it like bites you in the ass later. And I had shared that speaking from experience on that, mm -hmm. but yeah, I do tend to just like dabble and hang and not make too many decisions, but I'm just like waiting, waiting, waiting. We're very yin and yang in that. You know, there are such interesting things that I would say to each of you. Maybe I'll say one thing quickly to each of you, and then I want to make a different point. But the one thing is that like Danielle to move forward with so much clarity and go for it, like that is absolutely fantastic. And I think especially coming from the transition of quitting your job and moving into full-time entrepreneurhood, the thing is that you want to allow yourself to become a different person, to become someone who's a full-time entrepreneur and make your decisions from there. And maybe that has already happened, but there's a way when we just go from one thing to the next and act quickly that we don't become this is more of a shift in the state of being that we don't become the person who would make the most visionary decisions because we're doing it right out of the, I just quit my job gate. And so I just want to like offer that. And for you, Breezy, that it's one thing to really enjoy the nuances in life, what you're calling the gray and I'm calling the nuances and the variability and the, it's like the subtle realms that aren't so differentiated and you can really enjoy that variety and the potentialities. That is an exquisite way to move through life, but not so much if fear of making the decision is one of the considerations. And so I just mean to say that each of these is such a beautiful way to live and you want to 
be aware of what you're missing in the process. But the thing I really want to say is that the two of you have such a delicious, loving relationship. And there's a there's something fantastic and collaborative, but it's also a potential trap in a relationship. And I'm going to come at it by telling you a story that's totally unrelated. And that is that there's a woman who reached out to me. She was so excited to coach with me. She and her husband, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't even matter what the story was. She was just like, I am all in. I just know my husband's going to be a no. But we arranged to have a conversation, the three of us. And partway through the conversation, she was so shocked because he just thought for a minute. He said, yeah, let's do it. I'm a yes. I want to work with Alexandra. And I watched how as soon as he was a full yes, she turned into a no. And I don't know. And I ended up not working with this couple because she didn't want to. And I don't think that she was faking her. Yes. I think she really did want to work with me, but the dynamic between them was such that they could never disagree and they could never agree on important decisions, including this one. So as soon as he became a yes, she then shifted to fill into the role of no, because he'd left it unfilled. And so I'm saying that because you each have your roles. What are you thinking when I say this? What are you thinking? I was just thinking about like this past weekend buying this house. Like, you know, we, we like moving to a different state is, is something that like we both decided we were going to do. And there's so many moving pieces associated with it that I'm at the point where I'm like, okay, well now's the time we make moves. So we're going to make these moves. And cause this is what we all, this is what we said. And so we're going to make these moves and this, and then she's going, okay, but like, this is not what I want. And I'm really nervous. And like, it is what we're like, there's so many of, you can tell your side of the story, but I hear there's so much of this that she's excited about. And she's leaving her whole family to move to another state with me. And my son's dad is coming Art like my, my son's dad is coming, his girlfriend, her son, like it's this big moving train. And when you're talking about this, I'm going, mm, mm-hmm, because, you know, we will say what will end up happening and where her and I get into conflict is we will say, yes, we're going to do something. And then I go, okay, like give you just gave me a green light, green light. I'm going zero to 60. And then she'll be like, wait, 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 wait. There's like so many things. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like we're already past that. And I need in my head, I'm thinking I need to learn to go. Okay. Let's, we can cruise. <laughs> we can go on the back roads if we have to. <laughs> I don't know what you were thinking, but that's what I was thinking. I didn't really have like a ton that I was thinking during it. I just, in that example, saw how that couple is very locked into the reversing of the roles. So like it works against them in, you know, she's passionate about something, how she switched to just fill that void as opposed to like, maybe it was what was best for her. And I do see that in us sometimes it's like, like with this move, it's like, you said, yes, we're moving, things are moving forward. So I almost took the spot of like, no, to like counterbalance how hard you're going forward. Cause they don't want us to pull like, yes, we both go. Yes. And then like what happens, like there's no energetic like balance almost. And so I could see though, in that example, how it could be a detriment to couples and to like really be aware of it, because if you're aware of it and you can make sure, like I can make sure I'm not a hard no, you know, and stopping progress for us, but I can be a, yeah, I can dig my heels in and be like, okay, let's make sure we're like thinking about all of the steps, the journey along the way. Cause the journey of doing a big decision like this is very important. Just like the journey of, you know, working with a life coach or, or you know, a relationship coach or, um, whatever example it is, it's like, it's a, it's beneficial for us to have the pendulum of energy that we have, but also making sure that we always are aware of it and it's not becoming a detriment. Yeah, that's exactly what I love what you shared, Danielle. And that's what I was thinking breezy that like, what if in some scenario, breezy, you have clarity and you're like, I'm a yes, let's go do this. I I mean, maybe not with the tone that I just used and Danielle tends to use, but in your own way, you're like, I'm really clear and I'm a yes. And I want us to move ahead. And it's so 
out of character for how you have communicated until now that your natural response, Danielle, is to be like, whoa, 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 whoa. We better look into everything and let's consider things and make sure instead of just embracing that forward motion because it was beautiful. And so I don't, you shared what you shared, Breezy, but I don't perceive in this moment that this is an issue currently. I just know that it can become a trap because you're both obviously devoted to your own growth and evolution. And so it should be expected that you have a time, Danielle, where you're like, what you might now think of as wishy-washy, but at the time that it happens, it feels like the right ensouled, more gentle, like doe-eyed looking around and considering things. And that that is something within your relationship that you can be without it creating disequilibrium between the two of you, because it's different than the role you've played until now. Like if you never have a moment like that, fantastic, but it shouldn't be because your relationship would suffer from it. It's so funny that you say that because I actually did have a moment like that the other day because I was, you know, this is like the first time, like first time house buyers, you know, and I've been working really hard in like our original plan. Cause like, you know, the pandemic, she's works in the fitness and production industry. So 2020 hit her hard, harder than mm. it hit me. And mm. I, you know, I, I'm at a point where I'm able to like do this house for us and like create. And I was so excited the other day. And I was like, I just want to like really feel this. And I really want to like have this moment. And she was like, so nervous and had all this fear around it that I actually then shut off a little. And I was like, well, this just sucks. Like, this isn't how I wanted this to feel. And then we kind of got into it and ended up being like, we'll talk later in the morning. And we always like the next day we're always like fine, but I can totally see how you what you're saying in this, because yeah, when she, the harder she digs, the more I push. And then the farther apart we get where I think like what I want you to know is that I, you can be a yes. And I have fear. Yes. And I'm still nervous and I completely understand. And I, it's not that I don't have fear. I think I just move through fear with like more steamroll, you know, the way you can like, I'm a compartmentalizer. I call it like this. <laughs> she can compartmentalize like the fears or the worries or the sadness of leaving everything. You know, we've lived it like this is our community, our friends, our family, like all those things. She can just compartmentalize it. Whereas I wear all of that out. And so that's like my shield of what you see. And then behind it, I'm like, okay, no, I'm still a yes, because like, I know the universe put this into our lives and there's a lot of so many moving parts that if it actually aligns, that is a huge universe sign that like, we're supposed to be going on this journey. So yeah, just even in this conversation about it and and bringing it up, it's helpful to remember to just be aware of how we move through life, but just remembering that like, it's beneficial sometimes to try on other hats or it's beneficial to like move through life in a new way. And that might actually open you up to, to understanding how you operate better. You know, it's like, if I try on making a decision, if I, if I am a yes, you know, it's like, okay, cool. I did that. It feels this way, or it doesn't feel this way and whatever. I can't make up the the end to that, but, but at least the self-awareness of, of how we operate and then how our partner operates and then how we can blend and try different things. Yeah, exactly. One of the words that I often use in regard to relationships is the culture of the relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I'm pointing to, like the energetic skeleton or the culture of your relationship that you want to have it be one where each of you isn't restricted to a role for the whole system to thrive and flourish. I'm just summarizing what I've already said. And I would add that each of us has our primary response in terms of fight, flight, freeze, or faint. And when you know, oh, yeah, my partner, she just freezes and she goes quiet when there's crisis or she becomes angry and makes it all happen. And this is just, yes, it's not surprising that you would each have your roles there. And we're all familiar with that fight, flight, freeze, or faint. Like that's in our, so it's a cultural meme. We're all familiar with that. And 
what we've just been talking about, which is so much subtler and not broadly discussed, it is similar in that it creates patterns of interaction which can serve you or can feel restrictive and you describe navigating them with actually a lot of awareness. And I think it's super exciting to be having this conversation now so that you can form and adjust the culture that you share with one another and that anyone enters with you so that there is really more room for a bigger range of self-expression. I mean, even just you saying this, like I watch her, you know, there'll be times where I get so, cause it, it, I'm, yeah, I'm the person that's like, okay, well, if you're not going to make a decision, I'm going to, cause someone's got it. Like somebody's got to make some moves here. And if it's going to be me, it's going to be me. That's fine. I'll take that. But then, it, and I, we watch, I watch that with like her career as her own entrepreneur and like all the things that she's really, really great at. And there's times where I'm like, you got to just you got to just do it. Like you got to just go for it. You got to take that jump. And I think, I think even just in this conversation, what I'm learning is like, no, but there's beauty in the way that she goes through it. And there's beauty in the way that she, I got to watch her on set for the first time doing her mm. job as like a movement director. And I was just like, so proud. Cause I said, you know, all those times where I'm like, you got to just do it. Like, no, she did it in her own way. And now look at her. She's this, like, she has these great working relationships and it's working for her, even if it's not working as quickly as I, you know, think it should be at the end of the day, that's not, that's not for me to decide. And, you know, and it all, of course it all comes from love. Like I just see this like incredibly sexy, amazing, like powerful, talented human who could literally do anything in the world that she wanted. And I'm going, why don't you just make a decision? And she's like, that's just not who she is. And like, that's okay. And, you know, there's moments where she could probably take more, you know, or you could probably take more of like who I am and just be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then there's moments where I can just let, let things, you know, okay, fine. We don't have to make a decision right now. We'll talk about it tomorrow where I'm like, the minute it comes in my head, typically I'm like, nope, got to make a decision right now. And I'm, I could absolutely slow down like in our lives, in our like relationship, in our personal professional, all of our, all of the lives we exist in together. Totally. You know, that's what I just took from that. What you just said. I just thought of a funny example of even like when we go to bed, I'm always like, give me a kiss. Good night. Like, it's just, I am like a very um, ritual kind of routine person. And I like get anxiety if I just don't give her a kiss. And sometimes she'll be like, like the rush through the kiss. I'm tired. Or like I have chapstick on is her, her go-to line. And she'll like, I hate when she tries to give me a kiss after I've already put my lip stuff on. I'm like, now I have to roll back over and I have to do it again. <laughs> like, it's like the perfect definition of, I'm like, you rush literally a peck on the, on the lip, like a, the, like the fastest kiss possible. Um, <laughs> but it will make me laugh. Cause it just popped into my head and I'm like, it will make me laugh now. Because it will definitely come back to this whole this whole big conversation every time we give a kiss goodnight. I'm gonna she's gonna doctor Stockwell me anytime I rush through a goodnight kiss. You know what? It's so good because it's really beautiful. I I feel really honored to have this conversation with the two of you because one of the things you modeled, Breezy, in that story. I I mean you've both modeled that, but that is a time when you could feel rejected. That is how. 99% of people would take that kind of a moment is to feel rejected or like she doesn't want to kiss me and to just realize, no, that is her engine powering through the day all the way into sleep. And you you just need to make sure you're at the station or at the fueling point. Because, because she's not stopping. Like she's going to get gas. She's going to keep going. (laughs) Exactly. And I want a presence that like Breezy, you've talked about having fear about making a decision. And that's one of the variables. And I also wonder, Danielle, I'm not saying all the time, but if some of the time the uncertainty is uncomfortable. And when you're someone who's so effective at making things happen, the word fear probably isn't frequent in your vocabulary when referencing yourself, but the, but using the word discomfort might, I'm more 
that way when when I don't know what's going to happen, like that uncertainty is just a little unnerving sometimes. Oh, I'm fully self-aware enough to know that the reason I power through everything is because I don't want to ever feel uncomfortable. So I will always rely on what I know to be true about myself. And that's the fact that I can get shit done. Like I'm fully aware that that's a coping mechanism sometimes for me instead of, you know, right. actually and like it's dealing a coping, with shit. Okay. So it is a coping mechanism that our society rewards and that professional circumstances reward. No question about it. It's not a coping mechanism that commonly is well rewarded in the relationship context. True. Which is one of the beautiful things about being in a relationship. We cannot cope the same way and we get to become more of our real selves. Um, coming back to the good night kisser for a long time, for a long time, I did view it as rejection and I would share it with her. I'm like, I feel like you don't. And I would like spiral down this thing and I'd lose sleep for two hours. I couldn't fall asleep for two hours. Meanwhile, halfway through the first sentence, she's already asleep because she gave the good night kiss. And it's like engine off trains done <laughs> recovery. And she's like dead asleep snoring. And I'm like sitting there like, Oh my God, she doesn't love me. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it does take a lot of a self-awareness and b like just knowing your partner and taking time to really understand how they operate. And that was a huge shift for me. Cause I was like, okay, yeah, she really does not mean it. I just need to remind her to like slow down in those moments and enjoy those moments, but it's okay that that's who she is. And I just know that us being together is, is like that, you know, she's a train or a bull, whatever reference. And then I'm just like waiting in the water. Like <laughs> she's a swan. <laughs> I'm like a motorboat that comes through the pond while she's like enjoying her Sunday, you know, swim. <laughs> it's a beautiful image because they're both fantastic. True. I mean, and you know, I think if, if you're listening to this, like I think Breezy and I have, we talk about this a lot. One of the things that we, we, our relationship is because, you know, everybody always says like your guys' relationship is so beautiful. That's like a compliment that we get a lot and we agree. Thank you. Um, but also I think the reason why our relationship is so beautiful is because we're almost exact opposites in some way, you know, and that, that thing of opposites attract really do really is true with us. And I think one of the things that we really, I really believe in, and I know that you do too, is that like, I don't ever want her to compromise who she is to be, you know, to like, swim in my wake essentially. And I won't, and she doesn't ever want me to compromise who I am, you know? So it's not about compromise for us. It's about just empathizing and understanding and like taking a perspective shift, you know? And that, I think that's why our, I love our relationship so much is it's, I know that even when she's like mad at me for not giving her like a proper goodnight kiss. She's not trying to make me compromise who I am. It's more of just, she, I need to be able to take a second and go, okay, but this is what she needs. And I love who she is. So let's, let's figure that out. You know what I mean? Do I ever, I don't think you realize, but that is my main philosophy around relationships. The name of my book is called Uncompromising Intimacy. And I definitely know that the most common relationship advice for how to have a great relationship and particularly how to have a great marriage is that you have to learn to compromise. And I just think that is flat out false. If you false. want, yeah, if you want like a neutral, bland, safe companionship, compromise will get you that. Or if you want to just like be with a person who is like changing everything about themselves for you, I'm just like, oh, that's weird. You know, like if you're right. not grounded in who you are and who you want to be and you just want to like adapt and mold or like compromise to the other person, well, then that's like, I don't know, it's red flag. I think the way that her and I are, it's worth the occasional like really passionate fight we'll get into, you know, the really like the ones that, you know, we throw around, like I'm leaving, like it's, it's worth those moments because 
I know for a fact that she will never have to change who she is to be with me. And I will never have to change who I am to be with her. And it, you know, you, you have to have, that is what creates passion. That yeah. I mean, we have the like, most passionate relationship ever. And we just have so much, like, there's so much like deep, very attached passion between us because we have the lows we've seen the lows, but that means the highs get to be bigger. Yeah. And when I talk, I mean, you talked about not compromising. I talk about being uncompromising, but that needs explanation. It doesn't mean you always get your own way. It doesn't mean that you dominate. It doesn't mean that you bully. Being uncompromising means you bring the full truth of who you are to the relationship and you learn how to receive the full truth of who your partner is. And then rather than holding something back so the other person is comfortable or contorting so the other person is comfortable, when you're both fully honest, then you can figure it out together. And this is something that it, it creeps in in the smallest details, like where we're going for dinner tonight, where whether you move out of state, like to really have long lasting passion, uncompromising intimacy is absolutely the way to go. And the two of you are obviously so well versed in it. And if there's anyone who's listening, my book is a very easy read with very systematic, detailed instructions. This isn't something mysterious. I really believe that having a fantastic relationship is entirely a learnable skill. And so if someone listening wants more of what the two of you describe in my language and my context and my personal stories, that's all detailed in a very easy to follow way in my book called Uncompromising Intimacy. I, yeah, I'm definitely going to read that because we may have described that we're able to do it, but actually doing it is hard sometimes. And so having those tools or having reminders definitely helps because, I mean, again, yeah, you said it could be any detail restaurant or like moving out of state. We did that the other day, the day that she was so excited and she's like, I just want you to feel this joy. And I'm like, okay, but I need you to understand that this is what comes up for me. And we just like had to sit in that, the fact that like I was in a very sad, like, you know, it was like almost, this is real. Yeah. I'm like grieving, grieving, leaving. And so it was like very, like grief came up for me and she's in a place of just pure joy. And so we had to like, let each other just live in those before we could find the middle ground. And, and I think what comes up for me too, is like when people do compliment our relationship, I'm always like, thank you. It's hard work. Like it's taken, you know, so what? that's like work. a basic thing with Children also where I have four children and actually every single one of them in different areas is very accomplished, but particularly my oldest, my daughter, who is a classical violist. And since she was, she started playing at age eight. And since she was 10, people have said to me, she's so talented. She's 25. Now they still say that she's so talented. And I always respond. She works hard at it. Mm-hmm. And but that's you know the what? same thing with relationships. My mom actually said that the other day. She was talking to another friend of hers and um, her friend said, you're so lucky your kids are all doing so well. Same thing. She has three kids. We're all, you know, no one's no one's in jail. No one's, you know, like we're all doing really well. And she said, you're so lucky. And my mom corrected her and said, it's not, thank luck. you. It's not luck. Like raising good kids and parenting is the absolute hardest thing I've ever done, will ever do. And they work hard at it. I work, you know, like it took a whole family, we had a whole village raising these kids and they work super hard at it. And so it's always, us too. yeah, I mean, that's one of my pillars. I, know. I feel like that's like one of my pillars in life. I always talk about that. I go, you know, you can, you can say a lot of things to me, but you are not allowed to say that I'm lucky. You're not allowed to say that breezy and I are lucky. <laughs> You're not allowed to say that, like the fact that I was able to walk away from her career is lucky. You're not allowed to say that she's able to like work the job she does because she's lucky. Like you're allowed to say that we're like, you're allowed to say, Hey, Danielle, you're a bad bitch. Like you're allowed to say that, but like, it has nothing to do with luck. It has to do with like, it's what you're seeing of us all the time. What are, what people, if you're listening to this, what you see of breezy and I personally, professionally, and in the room and romantically is the result of a lot of hard work and a lot of self-discovery and a lot of self-awareness. Oh, sorry. I was so just saying, truly taking lessons from people like you, like we absorb and mm-hmm. like appreciate and are so grateful for mm-hmm. um, people like you who, who just share what you have learned and what's helped you. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you share that and like, it's like paying it forward, totally. that helps us tremendously. Sorry. 
I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, I'm I'm grateful. I'm so glad. And I actually think specifically when it comes to relationships, we have a real lack of role models. I used to be such a private person and now I share all kinds of things Same. because like we need role models. We're mammals and we learn through imitation. And yes, there's plenty of things we learn with our impressive frontal cortexes. Like we don't learn calculus through imitation, but everything relationship related, it starts with something we learn through imitation. And, um, oh, I know what I was going to say that, yeah, it's not luck and it is hard work, but I definitely want to emphasize that some of the best hard work is also very fun and playful. And if you have a great relationship this is not just the two of you, like in general, if one has a great relationship, it's not because of hard work only because sometimes like I had a phase where the hardest work for me was to just have fun, which sounds That's like, hers. A, I love that. <laughs> yeah. Like it sounds like a, an oxymoron, but it's not for, for me, like I really had to bring the qualities that I use when doing hard work in really giving myself permission and discovering a whole lot more fun, which mm. I knew was there, but I had to use my same working skills to access the juice. I love that. Can I, um, can I ask you one more question um, before we let you go? Uh, you know, that saying, like, you can't have it all. You know, you can't have a really great career and a really great relationship or you can't have like they it's like that can't have your cake and eat it, too, which, again, like I've never understood. Like if I have cake, I'm going to freaking eat it like, hello, I'm probably going to eat four pieces if I'm being honest. Do you that you can't have it all? Do you believe that you can have it all like you can have a really amazing, passionate relationship and a very highly successful career at the same time? Absolutely. I absolutely do. And depending on how you define a really great relationship, if it's the way that I do, it specifically is going to contribute to a better career and more money. Now, the reverse is not always true. It's actually very interesting that the more successful someone is in their business, the more statistically likely that they will be unfulfilled in their relationship. The better the relationship, the more likely the career will be fulfilling. I know we're kind of at the end, so I'm not going to explain why that is true, although it's interesting. But the important thing is that if you are successful in your career, don't leave your relationship behind because all of the growth and expansion and facing fears and trying new things and embracing failure that is part of growing a really successful business, there is a version of that which can feel very different and be particularly unsettling because if you're successful in business, you're used to feeling competent. And so one of the scariest things is to feel incompetent, but there's a certain amount of not knowing and feeling uncertain that is required in really cultivating and embodying and enjoying a really fantastic relationship. So yes, I absolutely think it is possible. And the only caveat is that if you have young children, then maybe you don't get to have it all at the very same time. But whatever you're doing can contribute to having it all for sure. Thank you for that. I hope if you're listening, you really you have heard her words today. I would love for you to plug yourself. You have a book, you have a podcast, you have an Instagram, like tell us all the, you have a website, like tell us all the places. And just so you know, like we're going to put all of this in our show notes as well. So um, if you're listening to this and you want to go actually like see it so you can click, we're going to put clickable links in our, in our show notes. But Dr. Stockwell has just been it's been amazing chatting with you. I really hope you understand how grateful her and I are. Um, but tell us and tell my listeners where they can find you. Okay. I would love to. And thank you. So yes, my book, Uncompromising Intimacy, it's available on Amazon. It's available on 
audible. It's an awesome next step. And if you're ready to like, really, if you're going to take the Danielle approach and be like, yes, and go forward, no further investigation. My program, The Aligned and Hot Marriage, which is www.alignedhotmarriage.com. That really is the deep dive with all of the tools and the inspirational stories and all of the exercises so that you take the principles we've been speaking about and they become yours for the rest of your life. And my book is good. So if that's where you want to start, by all means, start there. My my podcast, the Intimate Marriage Podcast, it's on all of the platforms. And actually the episode, which is coming out November 10th, which is tomorrow for a recording. I'm not sure when this will be seen, but anyway, it's me interviewing my nine-year-old son on what it is to be a child in a relationship where the parents totally prioritize their marriage, but that's atypical. I mostly do solo episodes and interview guests, but I really think like our relationships are our legacy. And so I'm, I interview my son, but anyway, yes. So uncompromising intimacy is my book, the intimate marriage podcast, please come listen and like, and subscribe the aligned and hot marriage and everything you can find on my website, which is alexandrastockwell.com. And if there's anything here that spoke to you, yeah, find me on social media, send me a message on Instagram. I love communicating with people. These are the best conversations I'm ever having. I mean, this was, this episode is going to be whenever you're hearing this episode, like I, I just know that it's going to really land with my audience. Cause we have a lot of, a lot of relationships, a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of people just like looking to take everything to the next level. And I just know that this is going to land so hard. So you can say whatever you want, but I thank you. Thank you so much for giving us your time and like so much of your wisdom today. Like I know, like her and I are probably going to go have like amazing sex later and it's going to be because absolutely (laughs) that's where the no chill is um no I just want to also say thank you I'm very grateful for you sharing your knowledge and sharing your time with us um I found it very very valuable and I'm absolutely going to go stalk you on Instagram and your website (laughs) so you'll be hearing from me shortly (laughs) okay well thank you and I'm so glad it was the three of us like you both were there. So good. So thank you so much. You have a beautiful day, Dr. Stockwell. Thank you. She is the best. That woman is all of the things that I strive to be and more. My favorite part is like, I just wanted to have better sex. I was like, preach sis, same. I hope you got a lot out of that. I thought it was a really good interview to start with because it kind of brings us back to the basics of like what's happening in your home because what happens in your home and what happens with your partner, I think can really affect how you grow your business. And so we're going to approach all aspects of authentic entrepreneurship and intimacy is just one of them. So I hope you enjoyed that. Share this episode with somebody who needs it, right? Share it with somebody that you know could really get value from it or that you think would get a kick out of it. If you share it to your Instagram, I would love you forever. All of these episodes are now available on YouTube. So if you want to watch the episode and like actually see our faces and see Alexandra's face, absolutely go and watch it on YouTube. You can find it um, at youtube.com slash Danielle McCleary. And all of the information that um, Dr. Stockwell shared about her book, about her podcast, about all the things she's up to is all in our show notes. So you will see it there. And how amazing. I hope you have a great day. We have episodes every Tuesday and Friday. So we'll be back on Friday with another one. And make sure you're subscribed to the podcast. Apple Podcasts is our favorite platform. Although you can get it anywhere you hear podcasts. I get my metrics from Apple. So if you would be so kind to head over there, hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, and then write us a review and give us a five-star rating. I would love you forever. I promise you would make my day. I read all of the things. Slide into my DMs. I'm Danielle underscore on the daily. The podcast is at on the daily pod. Soon you're going to be able to find all of these things at daniellemccleary.com and that we are building currently. We have lots of really exciting things coming up. Um, maybe some, maybe some coaching, maybe some growth conferences. I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll see. Anyway, I hope you have a beautiful day and we'll see you on Friday.